here's a message from Ken Lavica. It's the final week of the NFL season, and hell, why not make some bold predictions? Stone Labanowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Hey, let's put ourselves out on a limb. Let's make some bold predictions. Like, there is a quarterback in Miami who's playing his final game in a Dolphins uniform. Oh, boy, this one absolutely hurts. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3 Friday edition, streaming on the free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, hey, Siri, hey, Google Play, ESPN 106.3. Coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the ultra-comfortable and sparkly Intracoastal. Friday Night Lights, Stone Lebanowitz, Running things, keeping us smooth until 2 o'clock on ESPN 106.3. We have a lot to do over the next two hours, but here we go with week 18 of the NFL season. We love bold predictions, but predictions are a lot more fun than saying, which coach is getting fired first? Who's going to face their reckoning? Who's going to be the MVP? Who's going to make or miss the playoffs? So why don't we just go through a whole swath of bold predictions and here's my bold prediction for tomorrow cowboys at philadelphia the cowboys at philadelphia tomorrow and this comes up at 8 15 that is your kickoff time and there's not a whole lot at stake in this one uh the eagles are in the playoffs at nine and seven the cowboys 11 and five they have won the nfc east but here's my bold prediction on that game The Cowboys lose on the road, and we go into the postseason with question marks abound about Dak Prescott and about whether or not the Cowboys are actually a team that can win a Super Bowl. There have been times this year where the Cowboys looked unbeatable. There have been times this year where it certainly looked like Dak Prescott was the MVP. There have been times this year where I thought Mike McCarthy actually had turned into a dependable coach, but the last couple of weeks, that has been a big no. And now that the Cowboys are are extremely shaky, I don't see anybody who's given a threat to the Packers. The Packers look like far and away the best team with the road to the Super Bowl going through Green Bay, which is obviously a massive advantage. I just don't, I don't know about the Cowboys. I thought, that I was all in on them, but after seeing them the last couple of weeks, and I think it continues tomorrow, the Cowboys are going to lose in Philadelphia in a game with not much on the line except the Cowboys want to start feeling better about themselves, and they're not going to, to get to that point. And then there's Sunday, and I've got to say it, only because I think that Stephen Ross is going to go for it. Tried it this season, didn't happen. I think that as soon as Deshaun Watson gets clear of his legal situation, that Stephen Ross is going to go get Deshaun Watson. And I think that might be it for Tua. I truly believe just because the tide is so heavy 
against Tua in the court of public opinion, in the court of media opinion, and even within that organization, I think that might be it for Tua. I just, I feel it. And he hasn't done himself any favors. Tua hasn't. He has not played well in three weeks now. And I've defended him. And I want to continue to defend him. And I believe in him. But I also believe that the Dolphins aren't sold on him and there's nothing he can do that are going to get them sold on him. And I'm starting to believe more that he's done with the Dolphins and that he'll be elsewhere next year than I believe the Dolphins would stick with him for another year. And I definitely don't believe any longer they believe that Tua is the franchise quarterback. I mean, Brian Flores was pretty, pretty clear this week that he was not happy with Tua at Tennessee and that he missed Jalen Waddell several times. That's a frustrated coach who did not believe in his quarterback, and that is an unbelievably massive problem for Tua Tungavailoa. And then there's the Chargers and the Raiders on Sunday night to wrap up the regular season. Winner, unless some weird things fall into play, the winner is going to the playoffs, the loser stays home. This is in Vegas, and I don't think Justin Herbert gets denied. My bold thought, my bold prediction is that the Chargers win on the road. Justin Herbert leads the Chargers to victory. They're able to knock off the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are good enough to be a playoff team. I don't think the Raiders deserve to be in the playoffs. They've done a nice job of navigating some really rough waters, whether it's Gruden or Ruggs. But the Chargers are just in a, a better team. I like the Chargers. The Chargers are going to win. The Chargers are going to go to the playoffs. What is your bold Week 18 NFL prediction? For me, I've got three of them. Cowboys lose against Philadelphia. This is it for Tua. And the Chargers go to the playoffs. The Raiders stay home. Your bold NFL prediction, Week 18. Let's get on social media. Tweet them at ESPN West Palm. Your bold Week 18 regular season finale predictions. Again, on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. That's at ESPN West Palm. Let's get on with it. Two hours underway. It's a Friday. We'll have some fun. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Kirk Herbstreit explains it all. No, it's not another children's Nickelodeon sitcom, Kirk Herbstreit. He's defending his controversial comments from the Rose Bowl. He wants you to know that he actually loves uh, all of the modern-day college football players. We'll hear from Kirk Herbstreit in just a moment. Ken Levick alive, ESPN 106.3. We are here on a Friday getting you through the first week of January on ESPN West Palm, the free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Bright line, the big yellow trains, the fast yellow trains, the best way to get through all of South Florida. Well, it's back and better than ever. New restaurants, station upgrades, the new Brightline Plus service gets you to and from stations going car-free, carefree in South Florida. And I'm telling you, it is such a stress reliever. I can't tell you how good it feels to sit in a Brightline train, to be flying from Miami to Fort Lauderdale to West Palm 
or vice versa, look out and see the gridlock, the traffic, the red brake lights, and know that that has nothing to do with me. I am in the clear. Right now, groups of four more can save 25% on smart fares. Just enter the code all aboard on the Brightline app or on gobrightline.com. Get your discount, whether you're riding with your family, your friends, or your colleagues, or even alone. Sometimes it's just relaxing to travel by yourself on Brightline and avoid the traffic. Kids under the age of 12 get to ride the Brightline for free with the purchase of an adult ticket. So honestly, why wouldn't you take advantage of this? Download the Brightline app or visit GoBrightline.com and enjoy all they have to offer on Brightline. It's back and better than ever in 2022. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com. So we remember the the bleary-eyed Kirk Herbstreet Saturday morning after he flew, uh, flew across the country after the Orange Bowl, sitting there in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, him and Desmond Howard just going off on the modern-day college football player over bowl game opt-outs, the small percentage of players that opt out of their bowl game. Let's Let's relive Kirk Herbstreet's comments on the modern-day college football player. What's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when as we played in, quote-unquote, meaningless games? I mean, I know you guys were here a lot, but I just don't understand. If you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as football players? We, we compete. So I, I, don't know if cha- I don't know if changing and expanding it yeah. is going to ch- change anything. I really don't. I think this era player just doesn't love football. Ah, there it is. There's the money quote. I just don't think this age of college football player loves football. I mean, it is it is such a, a damning, out-of-touch, old-man approach to something that makes Kirk uncomfortable, even though from a business standpoint, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. Why in the world would you... Put yourself, expose yourself to injury. Put yourself at a risk for injury in an exhibition game. Just weeks before you start the pre-draft process. It doesn't make any sense if you're a guy who has been advised that there's a good chance you're a top, uh, a first round, a top two round, a top three round draft pick. Just doesn't make any sense in the world. Kirk Herbstreet, though, because he caught so much blowback on social media, because he's a very prideful man, and because he's largely gone through his career being one of the most well-liked sports personalities in the entire media landscape, well, Kirk Herbstreet headed to the ESPN College Football Podcast with our friend Matt Berry to clarify his comments. Uh, Let's go through a couple of these points that Kirk Herbstreet was trying to make to defend himself. And uh, we'll react and see if uh, he's redeemed himself. Because, again, according to Kirk Herbstreet, Saturday at the Rose Bowl, and honestly, it stands alone. It needs no context. This era of college football player just doesn't love football. Here is part one of Kirk Herbstreet trying to clarify those comments. That was an eight-minute conversation. Um, I wonder how many people who had a comment or a headline or one quote watched the entire eight minute conversation between the four of us. There was a lot of things said during those eight minutes. The one thing that I said that seemed to capture uh, the the headlines for people's own agenda. And that's all they went with was players don't love college football the way they used to. 
Um, Reese came back at me and said, now that's a sweeping comment. Do you mean, are you saying all players? And I said, no, 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 I'm not saying all players. I'm saying some players, that's their lens. I said, I've had, you know, not only have I covered this sport in the front row for 26 years, I have four sons that are 21 years old and younger. I've watched, forget football. I've watched how they've grown up. I've watched how their friends have grown up. I don't know if there's anyone more plugged into this generation than me. Two of my four boys play power five football. So again, maybe there's somebody that's more plugged in or more can relate more to 21 and younger. I'd love to meet them compared to what I've done for the last 26 years. So I'm not out of touch by any stretch of the imagination. But you are. By making the comment, by trying to make the point that this era of college football player, because they, they decide to opt out of an exhibition game, that does put you out of touch. Kirk, I, I mean, I don't know how else that you would translate that. I appreciate that he's got boys who played Power 5 football. I appreciate he's been around the sport so long. I appreciate he's covered the sport for so long. I appreciate that he feels like he's dialed into what the 21-year-olds are doing in college football. But by saying you don't think that this era of college football player, because they're opting out of bowl games for their betterment financially, that they don't love college football. No, it's that the modern-day college football player is well more aware of the business of college football, of football period, than you were when you played. And that, by definition, if you don't understand that, means that you're actually, indeed, out of touch. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Uh, we, are, uh, we are deep into the dive of Kirk Herbstreet defending himself after his ill-advised comments about the modern-day college football player not loving football last Saturday during college game day at the Rose Bowl. Here's more of Kirk Herbstreet defending himself on the ESPN College Football Podcast. There are two lenses or lanes that college football players currently are in. There is a lane that you leave high school football. Your only goal is three years and I'm going to the NFL. And and that's, again, that's your prerogative, by the way. If that's the lane you choose to be in, whether you're at Ohio State, Texas, Florida State, USC, you don't really care. You're there for a pit stop. It's a transaction. Bounce, three years, I'm gone. Okay. Some, by the way, some coaches sometimes get on that, that same path. You know, we saw the coaching carousel, whether it's head coaches bouncing around, assistant coaches bouncing around. So it's just kind of the world. And, and for certain people, they're, they're, they're just ready to move. Right. And for a player that does that, I don't think that they're really interested in getting to know the university or spending time there beyond just three years and out. And again, I don't recommend that that view, but if that's how you're looking at college football, then that's that's your prerogative. There are other kids who look at it, have the same goals, going to the NFL, but while they're there, they, they kind of plant some roots. They make some relationships. They're humble about their experience. They're meeting people. They realize, hey man, I don't want to put all my eggs into one basket in the NFL. I, I, I want to go to the NFL and I'm going to the NFL, but when I'm done playing, I want either it's my education, my relationships that I've made here. I'm going to have, I'm going to have a community to fall back on that's going to help me when I'm 30. If I'm, if I'm lucky enough to play for eight years, I'm only 30 when I get done. I want to have something to do. 
Yeah, I agree with Kurt. He's right. College football players, the small percentage that's going to the NFL, I mean, that's damning. So college football players absolutely need to find a way to make connections, need to find a way to get an education, need to find a way to maximize their time in college so that they do have a parachute if things don't go the way they want it to. Uh, But the transfer portal doesn't ruin that. That's on the university. I think when you have these coaches that are sitting in living rooms and they're saying to parents, I have the best interests of your son at heart. I am going to be a university father figure to this son. They say a whole bunch of stuff in those living rooms to get that kid to commit, to get that family to trust. Actually follow through. Give that kid that support once he gets to campus. Make sure you're holding up your end of the bargain. The kid committed to you, moved his life to you, the least you can do is surround him with people that reinforce, hey, maximize your time here. Meet these people. Understand why school is important. Understand why college is important. Those kids that are going to play college football, there is a a, a large portion of that college football population, especially in the Power Five conferences that are going with one thought in mind because they come from very, very meager upbringings. They want to help their family escape into something better. And that escape is, is, is because football is going to provide that money. It's going to open up that portal. And so there needs to be a reinforcement at the university level that, yes, football is one way, but here's another way. And some universities completely fail to do that. And so it's convenient to say, well, they need to know. They need to uh, fully engross themselves in the college experience. Some don't know any better, and that's on the school. If the school can't do that, they can't drive that home, then the school is doing the kid a disservice. More of Kirk Street and the defense of himself on college game day saying college football players these days don't love college football. And my fear, what I was trying to say, is I think the new system with Portal and, and NIL, we're leading these players down the path. Will it work out for some going into the NFL? Sure. And will they make generational wealth? A handful will. But what about the ones that go to the NFL for three years or five years? What about the ones that don't make it to the NFL? What, what do they have to fall back on? And I'm not saying that if they choose not to participate in, in, in school and in the education and in the relationship part of it, if they choose not to, that again, that's up to them. I'm just saying as adults, we're not helping them. Yeah, agreed. Again, that goes to what I was saying. That's on the university. Hey, college coaches, if you sell a kid something about the school, about the experience, then follow through. Seen too many kids go off, and then it is not anything like it was being sold to them as by these assistant coaches or these head coaches when they walked into a, a living room in, in Wellington or in Delray or in Pahokee or in Belglade or in Boca Raton. They're, from an institutional level, are major issues when it comes to college football, too. The adults need to help.
Agreed. I'm with Kirk on this one. I agree. More Kirk. There's more to life than just playing in the NFL. There, there's more to life than chasing that generational wealth that'll happen for a handful of guys to play college football. There's going to be something after you play football. And I just, I care about the, the game. And I really care about the players. And I hate to see them led down a path where they're chasing short-term money with name image likeness and they're, they're not investing in, and you can't, what you can't see is long-term relationships that can ultimately change your life. No one talks about players that go play in the NFL after three years and they didn't invest in their relationships in school and they have nowhere to go. They have no one that's there. They don't have a degree. They have no one there to help them. Of course. Of course. I sound like a broken record at this point, but that's on the school. That's on the school. That is on the school. Need people to reinforce to these kids there are available options to you if you make the proper connections. Again, Kirk and I are on the same page, but it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to see colleges actually follow through. The adults actually follow through. None of this has anything to do, in my mind, I, I'm, still, I'm still waiting for the, the explanation of him saying that college football players these days don't love college football. He hasn't given one singular example. One singular example. Here's more from Kirk Herbstreit. But to me, I'm a great example. I never went to one NFL camp. Never played in the NFL. Would have loved to. It was a big dream of mine. Didn't happen for me. So what am I going to do? I, I, I didn't have any money. My family, if I didn't get a scholarship, I would have I gone to the military. I didn't have any money. So I don't, I, I graduated and I thought I was just falling into the business world. I didn't really have any dreams other than football. I didn't know what to do. And I stumbled into local radio because I love to talk sports. But it wasn't a goal of mine to work at ESPN. It wasn't a goal of mine, like, I'm going to be on game day one day. I, I just stumbled into a passion, which was sports. Worked out for me because I, I really worked relationships and I met people and I talked to people and I was humble and I was polite and I treat, tried, to, tried to treat people well. And when I got done, there were people there that wanted to try to help me out. So I'm, I'm a living example of what I'm talking about. And that's why I think I'm so passionate about, hey, shoot for the NFL, man. Go get it. But, but while you're doing that, make, make relationships with people. Be, be courteous. Be the superstar on Saturday. But be the most low-key, low-maintenance guy off the field. And what, what do you see how much that school and their alumni are going to want to help you. And um, I just feel like sometimes, not all opt-outs, but, but sometimes guys just don't put value in that. And, and definitely social media and people who are influencing them, they definitely don't put value in relationships, education, graduating, and what it can do for you long-term. What does opting out of a college football bowl game have to do with social media and influences and not graduating? What does that have to do with anything? The small, small percentage of college football players that are opting out of bowl games are doing so because they have a legitimate chance of getting drafted. They want to participate in the combine. They want to make sure they're healthy. That doesn't mean they're not graduating. 
not playing in an exhibition game doesn't mean that they're selling themselves short. They've played a college career at that point. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I get, Kirk, I understand you're concerned. You love the kids who play college football. We've established that. That's good. I'm glad. I know that. I'm not questioning that. But what, do, what does opting out of a college bowl game have to do with graduating? You don't walk the stage of the college bowl game. Okay? The work's been done previously. And I'm glad that Kirk Herbstreit can use himself as an example of someone who took advantage of Ohio State's resources. It's a very easy thing to do when you come in as a well-educated, good-looking white guy. I, I'm sorry. I, that has to be said. Oh, well, I made the right connections, and I uh, was able to get into radio, and I was able to... Yeah, you got a lot of opportunities because inherently you're going to be afforded a lot of opportunities. What about the guy who barely snuck in with his ACT? Not a good student. Struggles in school. Is going to college because no one in his family has ever graduated. And he's trying to pull his family out of poverty by making it in football. He's not going to be afforded the same opportunities that Kirk Herbstreit was. So I appreciate Kirk Herbstreit trying to clarify his comments his old man comments about the modern-day college football player not loving the game of football, uh, trying to tell us that uh, there was context that needed to be heard prior to when he said that during college game day Saturday. But in his explanation, diving into what he said and what he meant on the ESPN College Football Podcast, I not once heard him actually defend what he said or clarify what he said. It was just a lot of... This is why I care. This is why I care. This is why I'm tuned in. I'm not out of touch, but he never gave evidence to tell me that he isn't out of touch. Kirk Herbstreit, a lot of good words, a lot of big words, but didn't address Saturday. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. EDS air conditioning. Hey, it's about to get warm because winter is over. Winter was about six days and it's about over. And you're going to be riding that AC 24-7. We only have a couple of cool fronts. They're not cold fronts. Cool fronts to go here before we're full-fledged in the summer. 88 degrees humid every single day. You better make sure that AC is working right, and that's where EDS comes in. EDS is, yes, EDS air conditioning. They've been doing it since 2006, family-owned and operated, and they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They're using the best equipment. They're elite level. It's EDS air conditioning. EDS is yes. Make sure to get a hold of them. Make sure to get the proper maintenance, or if you need a completely new AC, EDS has your back. And They are scheduling their appointment times around you. They are trying to schedule their appointment times around you because they know that time is money. Time is valuable. They don't want you sitting being held hostage, especially if your AC has gone out and your home is turned into a sauna. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. Go to edsairconditioning.com and get them out to your home, your condo, your apartment, your business today. EDS Air Conditioning. We've got more to do as we head into the weekend. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. 
Back in here, Ken Levick alive, ESPN 106.3. Happy until 2 o'clock, part of the brand new ESPN 106.3 lineup. Ken Levick alive every day, noon to 2, here on ESPN West Palm. And uh, it's been a while since I've talked to our next guest here on Ken Levick Alive. It's been a couple of years. He left us to go to Ann Arbor for a couple of years. Former all-time great. I mean, one of the most athletic players I have ever seen at the high school level in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Former Martin County quarterback, George Johnson with us here on ESPN 106.3. And, uh, George, awesome to have you on. Really good to talk to you. Awesome to catch you up. And uh, first things first, though, I just wanted how are the holidays for you? How is the family? Everybody good? Everybody good, King of Plain. How about your family? Uh, very, very good. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. So, George, by yeah, the man. way. Number two overall, just a couple of years back on ESPN 106.3's top 63 list. He uh, he was number two behind Akeem Dent at Florida State now, the defensive back, Palm Beach Central. And so, uh, George, uh, coming off of uh, just a great career in Martin County and uh, went up to Ann Arbor. I need to know, uh, what what are winters like at Michigan? No, uh, it's cold. I mean... <laughs> Uh, you never, you never get used to it, but I mean, you can just know what to expect. So, like, I know what to expect. Did it's you, just annoying. Did you? It's just the simple things you got to do. You got to bundle up for. So it's just annoying. I was coming up for. Did uh, Did you own a coat before you went to Ann Arbor? Like a real like winter coat? <coughs> no. I did not own one. <laughs> yeah, that, that changed once you got to uh, to, to Michigan. So, uh, George Johnson, uh, in the, the transfer portal uh, after a couple of years at, uh, at Michigan. Now, despite that, you were obviously with the team, came down uh, for the Orange Bowl. That, that had to have be, at least been cool to, to come down to, uh, to, for all intents and purposes, your, your backyard and uh, one of your final acts as a Michigan football player uh, be there for the Orange Bowl as the Michigan program sort of rose back to prominence. Yeah, it's just a blessing in general. I mean, the experience is amazing. Not everybody can do that, and I can say I did it. So, like, just the whole thing is a blessing just in general. I should say to sum it up. So, George was a quarterback in high school. You go up to Michigan. Uh, if you could... Just give us a little bit of a rundown positionally what they were trying to do with you and what you were trying to do with uh, with with Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor, just from a position standpoint. Um, when I went there, I was recruited as a receiver. So I came in as a receiver, and I would say the whole year, I played receiver up to the Ohio State game. After that game, they had called me in and said they wanted to switch me to DB. And then I just was like, you know, it's whatever. I mean, I'm down to do anything. So then I played corner for that following year during the COVID, during that whole pandemic. And then um, up until this upcoming Michigan State game, before that game, they had switched me to receiver. Hmm. So then it's been receiver ever since that. Is is that frustrating? I mean, there's an element of uncertainty there. Are you getting swapped between position rooms, uh, different sides of the ball. And I know you say, hey, I'm down for whatever. I'll I'll do whatever it takes for the team. But there's got to be a level of frustration with that, no? No, I mean, it's just whatever God got in store for me. You know, a lot of people have done it. Like, for instance, Trayvon Diggs, he came in as a receiver at Alabama, and he switched over the corner. So, like, stuff like that that just is like, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Other people are going through it. Here with George Johnson, former Martin County, great. Uh, now uh, about to be formerly at Michigan uh, in the transfer portal now as we head into the 2022 college football season. It's Ken Levick alive on ESPN 106.3. Uh, so 
Uh, as you look for a new school, uh, what are, what is this process like? For those who don't quite know, what is it like to put your name in the transfer portal? What what takes place? Uh, I mean, just with, I just in general, it was just time for me just to move on. So it's kind of like what I view it as is like high school all over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. For people that's not that transfers in college, to me, I look at it as like all high school over again. I would say the whole recruiting process. Is it scary? I mean, you got to take a risk. But I mean, scared money don't make no money, right? That's right. That's right. That's a that's a good way to put it. And so, I suppose now there there's coaches reaching out. There are guys in your text, guys in your DMs, trying to uh, it, it, at least gauge interest. Is that sort of where the process is at right now in January? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's very recent. So yeah, that's basically just the process. Not much yet right now. Just just showing everything out. What are you looking for? What is George Johnson looking for? School, position, situation? What would make you happy? Uh, I'm not picky. Just wherever uh, God take me, I'm going to go. You know what I mean? That just sums it up. My heart is open. I'll go anywhere. It's just, it's just, but I feel, I just don't want to wait time at my next spot for the next two years. So I'm going to make a smart decision. I'll take the time to wherever I go. Was it a difficult decision for George Johnson to leave Michigan, and when did you know that it was time? It was, it was of course, it's a difficult position. I mean, that's the kid's dream. Look at this; it's a beautiful place, beautiful, beautiful atmosphere. It's a dream come true. So, like, of course, it was very hard. I've had uh, relationships with my teammates there, and Team One Forty Two was just special. So, like, of course, it was just very hard because I, I did history, and no one can ever take away from me. So, of course, it was hard. Uh, here with George Johnson, former number two on the ESPN 106.3 Top 63, played quarterback in Martin County. Uh, just an illustrious career. And like I said earlier, one of the, the best athletes I've ever seen on a high school football field in this area. Went on to Michigan uh, and is now in the transfer portal. I want to I wanna play you something. It's applicable especially because... Uh, you being at Michigan, Desmond Howard, he's he's the guy. He's the face of Michigan football. He is what the standard was, national championships, Heisman trophies. Uh, before the Rose Bowl on Saturday, he was talking about with Kirk Herbstreit how college football has changed and was talking about college bowl opt-outs, players who make that decision, but also those who get into the transfer portal. And I just want you to hear this real quick, George. Here, here are our Desmond Howard's comments about modern-day college football. We're dealing with a total men different mentality when we're dealing with these um, student athletes nowadays, especially the football players. I mean, their whole mentality right now is about the championship, the playoff. We got to get into the, the CFB or the CFP. And because of that, they don't value the bowl games. Now, when we were coming up, Herb Street and myself, like to go to a bowl game was a huge reward for a fantastic season. That's what it meant. It's like, okay. Your team played this well, so you're going to be rewarded by going to this bowl game. You're going to get a ring. You're going to get swag. Now, kids don't really care about that. They're, they're, they, they have a sense of entitlement. And it's like if we're not going to the one that matters, then, you know, it just doesn't have as much value to them as it did us growing up. Entitlement. That word really stuck out to me there when Desmond Howard said it. And I, I'm the play-by-play -play voice of Florida Atlantic football, so I see a lot of all of this. I've, I've been around the world that you've, you've lived in, George. And so I don't like that word entitlement because I don't think it necessarily works because college football is a business. I tend to think George Johnson's making the decision to leave Michigan. That's a business decision, ultimately. Do you think college football players are entitled? 
Um, I don't think they're entitled. It's just that people, I mean, people say anything they want on the sidelines, you know what I mean? Until they step into our shoes. And I mean, obviously, he was in our shoes because he played, like you said, at Michigan. But I mean, it's just, it just it depends on how you want to view entitlement. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I agree with what he said about the college playoffs. Even if you go into a bowl game, you should be just, you should be grateful for wherever you're going. Just, sure. I think that. I think that's wrong if kids think that way. Most definitely, like, no matter what, if it's a college playoffs or just a New Year's Six Bowl, be grateful you're there. Be grateful the world watches you play again. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that want to be in your shoes. So, as as you get into this situation in the transfer portal, you're leaving Michigan. You're leaving Jim Harbaugh, uh, a man who recruited you. What is Jim Harbaugh like as a head coach? Uh, he's awesome. You know what I mean? I got most respect. I can't have for a person that is a great person just in general. Aside from him being a coach, I just respect him behind all measures. So, I mean, if that just don't sum up what type of person he is, I don't know what else could. I mean, he's, just a, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a coach that I would always want in my life. I could have it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. There are, are, are some reports uh, that he might be considering going to the NFL. Uh, would, would you – and I, I, you leave Michigan with no ill will – uh, would you be uh, upset or surprised if Jim Harbaugh left Ann Arbor to go back to the NFL? I mean, it's his choice. You know what I mean? It's his life. I mean, he just completed greatness. Not many people can say they beat Ohio State. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's his decision. Whatever he do, I think people should support him. You know what I mean? It's his life. He's, he's, he's trying to chase greatness beyond measures. You know what I mean? So, let him do what he do. I mean, he did what, he did what nobody, not a lot of people can do at Michigan. You know what I mean? So, like, he built build something there that's going to be there forever. It's just something brand new. I tell I mean, you. Yeah. They would do it with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I tend to agree with you. He did something that hasn't been done in a long time at uh, at Michigan. By the way, what does it feel like uh, to to have Michigan beat Ohio State? Like, what is that feeling like? Is is that sort of like the Martin Bowl? Uh, if you win the Martin Bowl, uh, if you uh, you end up beating South Fork, and I'm looking at Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights right now, uh, just getting his gauge on the Martin Bowl here. What is that like winning that rivalry game like that? Oh, man. Um, Martin Bowl is special, but Martin Bowl is very special, especially for our town, Sir Florida. But, I mean, being Ohio State, that, that's, just, that's one of a kind. Like, they haven't done it in, what, 12 years, every year, something like that? So, like, yeah. beating them and being... And they did it at home, and we did it at home, and being there was special. Like, that was a huge, real huge big deal, and it was just like a shock, you know what I mean? Like, everyone didn't know how to react, you know what I mean? So, like, it was, it was such a shock that, like, we, 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 have, we made history. Uh, I want to ask you, well, and, and again, appreciate you uh, giving us some insight here. The transfer portal, a lot of people say a lot of things about it, and George Johnson's doing what is best for him. Former Martin County quarterback, uh, played at Michigan, and now is uh, looking for a new home uh, for his college football career. Just mentally, where are you at right now during this process, now that it's sort of back to square one from a recruiting standpoint? You're, you're back to se- junior and senior year of high school at this point. Uh, it's excited, man. It's, it's, it's like I said in the beginning. It's new beginning. Somebody that's taking on, and I'm just ready to take them all on. I mean, so I'm excited. 
I can't wait to uh, see where my next uh, place is. We can't wait either. Uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, congratulations on making the decision because it's not easy to make a decision like that, and you did it. And uh, can't wait to see where you land. And uh, when you do land somewhere, let's chat again, and uh, we'll we'll talk about where we can slot you in with that new team and how you're going to uh, how you're going to own that, uh, that that new team, that new program that you find a home with. Uh, well done. We're proud of you, George, and appreciate you jumping on with us. All right, phone. Just hit me up. I'm always a call away. Just let me know. I'm down for whenever. Appreciate you, George. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend, okay? You do. You too. That is George Johnson, former Martin County quarterback. Uh, again, number two on our ESPN Top 63 list and transferring out of Michigan looking for a new home. I'm telling you, uh, a lot of you think the transfer portal is killing college football, but for a guy like George who, you heard it, he goes to Michigan, He's recruited. He was a quarterback in high school at Martin County, recruited as a wide receiver. Then they switch him to DB. Then they switch him back to wide receiver. Guys, that's not conducive. If you have a plan to play professional football, that's not conducive. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. There is no need to vilify college football players because they want a new home, because they want consistency, because they want a place where they can find a position, where they can focus on a position. That doesn't help you if you're switching between rooms every year and a half, that's not a way to find yourself a base and find yourself a, a path to the next level. Uh -uh. So just put yourself in those shoes before you start ripping apart the transfer portal or agreeing with college football coaches because their lives are more difficult. They're going to take a crap on the transfer portal. George Johnson uh, is someone that is one of the examples of why I think the transfer portal is a good thing. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, presenting sponsor of Ken Levick Alive. More after this as we bring you into the weekend. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Sorry, media, and I am one of you. I don't know if we should be voting for the Hall of Fame or for MVP honors any longer. And I think this week just solidified after years and years and years of baseball embarrassing itself with the Hall of Fame and the steroid era. Ken LeVig alive, ESPN 106.3. So glad you're around for this midday ride. Yesterday, Pierre Garcon on with me, a great NFL wide receiver, and you'll hear him regularly here on Ken LeVick Alive, but we got to talking about Aaron Rodgers versus Hubarkish, and this is what it sounded like here on ESPN 106.3 with me making the case, hey media, maybe you shouldn't have Hall of Fame and MVP votes. This was actually kind of predictable too. I knew this was coming because I, I have experience with absolutely roasting baseball Hall of Fame voters who can't get over the steroid era and won't put in Barry Bonds, mm. won't put in Mark McGuire, or any of those guys. I think that's stupid. It was part of the game. They performed in an era where it was a lot of steroids. They were the best of the steroid era. They belong to go to the Hall of Fame. You, just because you don't like their character doesn't mm. mean they don't get into the Hall of Fame. Um, right now, we're going through the same thing with Aaron Rodgers mm. with this MVP vote. Now, I've been very hard on Captain Ivermectin himself, Aaron Rodgers, uh, for lying to people about his vaccine status and just being an overall jackass with that. Now, does it mean that he's not the best quarterback in the league? No. 
He's the best quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. He's the best player in the league, and he's mm-hmm. shown it over and over and over again. Uh, Hub Arkish, who I grew up with in the Chicago area, uh, he was an analyst for the Bears radio network on game days. Uh, he is uh, a the Bears, football- the Bears yeah. that Aaron Rodgers own. Yeah, yeah, that he owns. Right, and he made sure he told Bears fans a lot. <laughs> okay, I own you. So this is I coming play- from this guy. This is okay, from okay, this guy. Okay. No, he is Chicago based. Where I think yeah. part of this is coming from. Okay, that- so but Hub Arkish used to be on. Uh, so it's funny. Hub Arkish used to work with Wayne Larravee uh, on the, the game day broadcast for the Bears. Wayne Larravee was the play-by-play guy for the Bears before he went to Green Bay to take mm-hmm. over the Packers broadcast. So there's another connection here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Hub Arkers is a football magazine editor, longtime Chicago media member. He has an MVP vote. Uh, he went on uh, 670 The Score in Chicago and said that he would not be voting for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers, among other things, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, paraphrasing is, quote, a bad guy, end quote. Um, and it it has to do with him lying about being vaccinated and everything that has swirled around about that. Well, yesterday for the first time, we got to talk to Aaron Rodgers, and this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say about Hub Arkish. This problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, Ah. then he should do that. But he's a bum. (laughs) He's a bum. That's so disrespectful. He's a bum. There's really not much more disrespectful things you can say to somebody than, like, he's a bum. It's so dismissive. He's just a bum. But I, th- not a bad line by Aaron Rodgers. MVP. Now he's saying MVVP. Um, uh, but I like most. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't work. with. He wants the most vaccinated player. That would have been a better line for Aaron Rodgers, but not a bad line. Good attempt at humor. Well done, Captain Ivermectin. But uh, I, I also, I understand Aaron Rodgers' frustration because it is inherently ridiculous that you wouldn't vote for someone because you don't like them. Now, growing up in Chicago as a baseball fan, um, I'm a White Sox fan, but uh, I had the Cubs thrown in my face my entire life. Ron Santos, one of the most beloved Cubs of all time, and it took him forever to be voted into the Hall of Fame because he was a Hall of Fame hole. You know, he was. (laughs) He was not nice to people. He was not nice to media, and that held him back from being voted into the Hall of Fame by media members. Mm. The MVP award in the NFL is voted on by media members. Mm -hmm. And... I think it might be time to start incorporating more peer voting, more players getting voted by their peers for MVP, they, for Hall of Fame, than media members. I agree. They, the NFL is starting. You know, the NFL is starting. The, the top 100 voted by the players, yeah. but all players don't really vote. But like but, postseason you know. awards where yeah. money is at stake potentially. There are clauses in contracts. I yeah, true. Like the Pro Bowl, there is a peer aspect to that, but it's also, there's a fan there's aspect, a, media. A, a little tiny peer aspect, it's fans, and then it's media, media. but media is always going to, ha- it has the majority of the vote in everything, Hall of Fames, MVPs, postseason awards, I know this is one voter, mm-hmm. this is one voter we're talking about, there's 50 of them for the NFL MVP, but things like this, this, this just drives the call, it drives an anti-media rhetoric, yeah. and it undercuts all of those who actually take it seriously. There's too many vendettas, though, in Personal media. Vendetta, if you get say. a back turned on you in a locker room, if you're trying to conduct an interview or talk with a player, 
there's a good chance that that you media member, voting. yeah, that media member is going to say, "Oh, believe you, yeah, that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not voting for you for something." That's not right. That's why I think there should be more peers, more modern, more players, current players should be involved at least in postseason awards. They, you know, the media is what grows the game, so they want to give the media, you know, mm-hmm. an ending so that you know everybody is well exposed to the game. So now, but more and more these days with social media, I guess we're seeing newspapers are dying at an unbelievable rate. Like the media is not as important as it was. 30 years ago. I agree on that. Now everybody has access and to I'm the media. locker room and access yeah. to players. So, yeah, I understand that. And whether you like it or not, you're in media now, too. So we're speaking uh, uh, with from, this. From a peer's point of view. Yeah, from, <laughs> from, yeah, from a player's point of view. Peer <laughs> of media. Okay, fine, fine. But from, like, I'm speaking on it as someone. I have covered the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have been in those locker rooms. I have been around all of that. And how I justified my existence was I knew that I was going to take from that locker room and apply it to radio. Mm-hmm. Apply it to this space. Be able to discuss it. Like there are some media members that I mean, they have egos like players, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they think <laughs> they have a little bit more highly of themselves egos. than they should we based on what. That. Yeah, like and and players now these days, it's not just oh I'll go to bat for the guy in my locker room. I think there's enough respect and relationships across all players, all teams, all locker rooms that you're going to get a better indication of who's an MVP and who's winning comeback player of the year and all of those things than you do for media. Because we're watching them. We're playing against them. We're mm-hmm. seeing what they're doing because yeah, we have to literally like, hey, Aaron Rodgers likes to do this. Don't let him do this. Devontae Adams likes to do, run this route. Don't yep. let him run this route. Like, you know, yep. we know the ins and out of it. We might not cover it on the radio or on TV about it, but we're literally in our meeting rooms this is what Aaron Rodgers likes to do. This is what this player likes to do. This is what he his strength. This is his weakness. This is where we're going to attack. So we know the ins and out, but you know, like you say, the voting doesn't necessarily come only from us. Yeah, you see it, you know it, you live it. I think that's important. <laughs> Should media vote for Hall of Fames and MVP? Should media vote for Hall of Fames and MVP? I'm starting to think that we, at the very least, need more players involved in this. Well, it turns out it's not just me who thinks then maybe the media shouldn't have MVP votes or be able to vote on who's in the Hall of Fame, or at least the majority of the vote. And Pierre Garcon agreed with me. But how about Dan Wetzel? If I'm not an authority, Dan Wetzel absolutely is. One of the finest columnists you're going to find in sports for Yahoo. Listen to this and tell me if maybe you've heard this before, like maybe yesterday here on Ken Levick Alive. Here's from Dan Wetzel's column on Yahoo.com that's titled Aaron Rodgers, Hubarkish Uproar, a perfect example of why media should not vote on sports awards. Hubarkish, the Chicago-based NFL writer and commentator, shouldn't vote for the league's most valuable player award. It's not specifically because Arkish said he wouldn't choose Aaron Rodgers since the Green Bay quarterback is apparently, quote, a bad guy and, quote, the biggest jerk in the league, although all of that is patently absurd. As Rodgers pointed out, Arkish doesn't know him, has never met him, doesn't know what his teammates think of him, and of course, none of this has anything to do with his on-field play that includes 35 passing touchdowns for the NFC's number one seed. No, Arkish shouldn't vote for MVP because no media should vote for MVP. Let me repeat that. Arkish shouldn't vote for MVP because no media should vote for MVP or All-Pro or the Hall of Fame or the Cy Young or the Heisman Trophy or Coach of the Year or NBA Finals MVP or almost anything else in any sport because doing so isn't their job in the first place. Don't vote. 
ever. Journalists exist to cover and uncover the news or offer commentary on the news. They aren't supposed to make the news, which is most certainly what winning an award represents, especially with monetary bonuses often tied to these awards. The concept is simple. Trying to justify anything else as an exercise in situational ethics, misplaced priorities, and mental gymnastics. There is no counter-argument rooted in journalism. There just isn't. That's why a number of media outlets prohibit such votes. Integrity matters, or at least it should. My God, bravo. My God, bravo, Dan Wetzel. I mean, it's just perfectly said. Why don't peers vote for the MVP? Why don't peers or those already in Hall of Fames get the entirety of the vote? There has never been, and especially now, in an age where media, traditional media, matters less than it ever has. There is no reason for journalists to vote on MVP awards, on Hall of Fame awards, to dictate whether or not a player hits a certain clause in a contract. Absolutely no way, no chance. I believe it, and I feel vindicated. I feel justified. I feel backed up wholly if Dan Wetzel is writing it in Yahoo. Dan Wetzel and I are clearly on the same page. Media, I'm sorry. As one of you, and I voted on plenty of postseason awards before, we don't need to be the voters. Not in this day and age. And as we've seen with Baseball's Hall of Fame and now the NFL's MVP award, just give it to the peers. They're more educated, and they don't have the vendettas that journalists do. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Listening Lunch is on the way. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN West Palm. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. What were the Mavericks thinking? And it's not even something that I realized until I heard Josh Cohn and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina yesterday. Ken Levick alive as we get our number two going here on ESPN 106.3. Ken Levick alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Been, been doing it for 22 years. Dr. Jim Reardon just flat out sending students into the sports industry. Cut and dry. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Wednesday night. The uh, Dallas Mavericks retired the jersey of Dirk Nowitzki. uh, And uh, it was obviously a special moment. They unveiled a uh, a prototype of a statue they're going to build outside the arena. And that statue, unfortunately, if you really look at it, and if you have a deviant enough mind, uh, it looks a little X-rated. But I digress. Uh, The Warriors were in town. And so uh, Mark Cuban using that as the platform to retire Dirk Nowitzki's uniform. And that was uh, uh, a huge win for the Mavericks. What a show for the crowd, for the Mavs to beat the uh, the high-powered, uh, looks-like championship, uh, championship-pathed Warriors. Uh, but there's a flaw. There's an issue. And I should have picked it out as someone who hosts a Sports business radio show every Wednesday night here on ESPN 106.3. Boardroom presented by the Honda Classic. From a business perspective, what the Mavericks did made absolutely no sense. No, not retiring the number of Dirk Nowitzki, but instead choosing the game that they chose to retire the jersey of Dirk Nowitzki. Mark Cuban 
a man who takes a lot of pride in how excellent and how innovative a businessman he is, has his own TV show to show it off, to flaunt it, the owner of the Mavericks. Well, uh, he did He did not. He did not do a good job. He would have been, you know what, he, he would have been turned away at Shark Tank. He would have been turned away by himself on an episode of Shark Tank. And Josh Cohen of the home team completely exposed this yesterday. Listen to this. They are so right on with this. I mean, they could not be more right about this. Here's Josh Cohen, Dean Thomas, Christina Costanza. Let me ask you a question. If you are going to bring in the most popular and greatest player in franchise history, arguably Dirk Nowitzki, for his retirement of his jersey and to put him in the ring of honor, why would you choose to do it on a night where you're going to sell every ticket anyway for the Golden State Warriors? How dumb is that? That is stupid. You should do it when they, they should have did it when they were playing like, I don't know, New Orleans. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte, yeah. New Orleans, it's the Sacramento like, Kings. Yeah. It's kind of like a homecoming game. Like you usually schedule your homecoming game to where, like in high school, to the team you're going to beat. You know what's amazing? You are. You're amazing. That's a good analogy. Because right? what's that? A good analogy. It's a great analogy. Yeah. Because last night, when I'm like, wait a minute, they're retiring Dirk Nowitzki's jersey tonight. They're doing like they're they're immortalizing him, and they chose to do it on the night that the Warriors are coming to town, where they got a good chance to get beat anyway. <laughs> and every ticket's good. It's like to me, it's like, hey, um, we're gonna have our homecoming game. Um, we're Kaiser University. Who do you want to bring in? Let's see if Alabama wants yeah. to come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. See if Bama wants to come through and steamroll us. Yeah. We're good. No. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, you, you don't do that. Yeah. No. Pick an you opponent pick, that you're going to A, B, but more importantly, pick an opponent where you're not selling tickets to. Right. This is just dumb. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I cannot believe I missed that. I'm almost mad at myself that I missed that. Why would the Mavericks have a game that's already going to be sold out with the Warriors? Why would they choose that as the Dirk Nowitzki night? You could have the Kings coming in. You could have the Timberwolves coming in and you would sell it out because it's Dirk Nowitzki. And it's not like the Mavs are one of the lesser attendance number teams in the league. So already you've got a pretty good bank. You've got a pretty good fan base that's going to roll through the turnstiles on a night-to-night basis. You chose the Warriors. Why? What's the point? At the very least, wouldn't you do it on a night where the Heat are in? It was Dirk who beat the Heat for his only championship, for the Mavericks' only championship in franchise history. It's the only team the Mavericks have ever played in the NBA Finals in their two appearances. Why wouldn't you do it against the Heat? In Dallas, the Heat aren't a massive draw. I mean, Mark Cuban, I expect better from a business savant like Mark Cuban. He blew it. He absolutely blew it. And it did not occur to me. In any way, shape, or form. Well done by Josh. Well done by Tina. Well done by Dean. Bad job, Mark Cuban. Be better. If you're going to schedule a jersey retirement for your biggest star ever, do it against a scrub. Because as Tina said, it's like the homecoming game. And also, make yourself some extra cash. That should just be business 101. Shame on you, Mark Cuban. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. And that has been the listening lunch. We do it every day at 1 o'clock here on ESPN West Palm. A whole lot more to come here on this weekend edition of Ken Levick alive. It's hour two. 
again, noon to two, every day is where you hear me, Ken Levicka live. And we return after this. I am Ken Levicka. I'm live right here on ESPN 106.3. On ESPN 106.3, here's Ken Levicka. Man, there is so much buzz about me having a second hour, 12 to 2 on your middays. Me, Ken Levicka, ESPN West Palm. Everybody's talking about it around here in our Phillips Point studios. I'll explain in a second. Ken Levicka Live, ESPN 106.3. And as always, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I tool around South Florida in my Kia K5 GT that I got. Yes, say it with me now, at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, military trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport in West Palm Beach. You can't miss it. It's got the big old Kia logo in the front, and you see those beautiful Kia automobiles. The selection, well, there's nothing like it. And all you have to do is head to Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, and see the selection. Sporty, family, power, fun. There is a car for everybody. New, pre-owned, bam, right there. You can get your car serviced at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. And right now, it is beginning of year savings at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Uh, I know for a fact there is the credit clinic on site. They are going to try and get you an automobile. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach.com. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT. It's where you're going to be unbelievably happy when you get your Kia from Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Happy New Year to everybody over there at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Mike. George, the whole crew, appreciate you guys. Thank you, and really appreciate you taking care of my listeners. That's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Check them out online, GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport on Military Trail right in West Palm Beach. Well, uh, West Palm tonight, ESPN West Palm tonight, you hear it every week here on ESPN 106.3. JMP, one of my oldest friends, literally and figuratively, but just an all-around good guy, and uh, I... I thought it would be fun to, uh, in case you didn't hear it last night, uh, listen back to my chat with JMP, and boy, did we cover about everything last night. Uh, JMP is hilarious, and we hit on everything and anything, and he tapped into my anger. Uh, He knows what makes me tick. Uh, It is time now for our EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. Me and JMP, let it wash over you. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. First, I actually have a couple segment ideas here. Okay. Um, maybe we'll, we'll work this into right. something uh, on West Palm tonight. Maybe okay. eventually, uh, you know, if you want, you can take it for Ken Levick Alive. Um, but this first thing is, what makes Ken angry today? <laughs> so, Ken Levick, uh, today... Thursday, the 6th of January, is there something in particular you are fired up about that you want to share with our audience? Well, first things first, actually what I'm most frustrated with is I am so tired of every time I try to open Outlook to get in my email, switching between studios, having to reinsert my password, and then wait for a text message code to type in to actually get into my email. All day I've been between three different studios here at the ESPN West Palm offices, and someone will sign in, and then I have to sign them out, and then I have to go through the code process again. It is so inefficient. It is so frustrating. Now, this is classic Ken Levicka here, because number one, you're angry about it, but number two, this is classic you, because... 
you're going to blame Microsoft Outlook when there's an easy solution to this. You know that there's a little box, and I bet there's probably a lot of people out there that are listening to this that have Outlook. There's a little box that says, do not ask for another 60 days. Yeah, yeah. You check it, and then you don't, and then when you're on a computer, they'll ask you once in two months, and then you don't have to keep going back and forth with the code over and over again. JP, here's the problem. I am very into cybersecurity as well. And so we need to find a, we need to find a better way. If I am pro-cybersecurity, you can never be too careful. It's like getting your vaccine booster. You can never be too careful. Uh, but that's only getting three shots over like a, a, a year and a half span. This is every day if I want the maximum cybersecurity. I have to enter this code, Microsoft, find a better way. You're a billion-dollar corporation. Find a better way for me, Ken Levicka. I love, by the way, like we have this, you know, thick cybersecurity. It's become, a, after 18 years at ESPN West Palm, <laughs> uh, this has become finally a priority. I guess 19 now that we're in <laughs> yeah. 2022. It's become a priority to have cybersecurity. But we have, we have cybersecurity so thick, there are random websites uh, yeah. Not the one that, that Ken, you probably, uh, you know, look at from time to uh-huh, time at like uh-huh. 2.30 in the morning. Uh-huh, the hub, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the hub. Um, but, like, I was trying to Wikipedia, like, t- earlier today, I was trying to look up um, because, you know, we were talking about a station promotion potentially for upcoming UFC events. Yeah. So I look up UFC 270, get their fine. <laughs> UFC 271, get their fine. Then there was something like... Something fight night. I couldn't look it up. It said you have been blocked from this page. <laughs> so, so yeah. Not only that, our what, firewall. What, what porn connotation? Yeah, right. Can you get out of fight, fight night. night. Yeah. So our ESPN West Palm firewall is preventing us <laughs> from doing good work. Awesome. At least we have that cybersecurity. Unbelievable. Ken Levicka joining us. All right. Um, as the. Uh, Palm Beach County and Treasure Coast president of Two and On. Yeah. Um, where are you right now? What do you have to say about uh, Tua's great performance? Okay. Uh, and the Miami Dolphins going from controlling their own playoff destiny. This is my favorite part. They went from controlling their own playoff <laughs> to destiny out. to now out in the span of like four hours. Yeah. It, it legitimately, literally was four hours. Control your own destiny into not going to the playoffs. You're exactly right. So as the president of the Pro Tua March in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, uh, let's just be clear. This was a, 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 a a tough Sunday for our campaign, but we're going to, we're going to, to keep the fight we are going to look forward into a brighter tomorrow. That said, when Tua is talking with media on Wednesday and saying, oh, in this offseason, you know, I think uh, I may need to go into colder climates and uh, work on ball security and throwing when it's cold and when it's rainy. First of all, don't you think that already would have been a priority of Tua, considering he got drafted in New York? Oh, he's jumping up Tua and on. <laughs> yeah, I, he's I'm got just, a foot out. Just saying, you foot know, out of the club. You get drafted by the Dolphins, and yes, you live in the sunshiny, warm, humid South Florida, but you know you're going to New England. You know you're going to New York. You know you're going to Buffalo. Maybe just maybe that's something he should have focused on. And also, he comes from Hawaii. Like, that's a tropical climate, JMP. It's not like he hasn't played in the rain before. So I don't know what the hang-up is, and it's those things that concern me. I appreciate Tua trying to convey that he's now going to be proactive. But was he really proactive? So this is difficult. It's tough for me to defend because that was 
abjectly horrible what happened so in Tennessee. Where, so where are you? Are you now, like, no matter what, Tua is the franchise quarterback? Or are there guys, like, are there guys that the Dolphins could potentially acquire well, slash draft slash get that you would jump off of the Tua bandwagon? We all know that the Dolphins are still going to pursue Deshaun Watson in the offseason. That's just happening. There's no way to navigate around that. They're going to well, go after we, him. Well, if the report's true, which, I mean, this is sickening if it's true, that, like, the Dolphins would have traded for Deshaun Watson except that, you know, they couldn't get him to settle all for, of the yeah, 22 the, or whatever sexual uh, assault cases. Yeah. Like, do we know that the Dolphins? I, I know everyone's assuming that. Listen, they dipped their toe in that water, but not only did they dip their toe in that Deshaun Watson water, they dipped their foot. They dipped their leg. They're up to their midsection in Deshaun Watson right now. There's no turning back. Like They, they have gone for it. They are the team that he wants to play for. Stephen Ross wants to win. I still think they're going to pursue it. Does it get done? I don't know. Is it going to be... Are they going to pursue? Yes. Now, I still think that Tua gets next year, and he deserves next year. But if Russell Wilson suddenly So you're going two over to Sean Watson? Yes, because my sanity would be tested so hard. Now, is that because you would take Tua straight up over to Sean Watson, or you're saying the price, like if the Dolphins have to give up two or three first-round picks, that and the combination of Deshaun... Because I can understand the latter, like the... The combination of that and Deshaun Watson, you wouldn't take over Tua, who's still on a rookie contract. Yeah. Now, Deshaun Watson, from a talent standpoint, would I take him? Yes. But I do have shreds of morality left in my life. Very few, but they're there, okay? (laughs) And that would test my patience so hard with this organization. I like Tua. I want Tua to succeed. But I'm at a point now, JMP, where, say, Russell Wilson is ready for him to depart Seattle and he became available. And the Dolphins could. You gotta go. You you yes. gotta do that. I'm 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 pro Tua, but I'm not dumb. And if Russell Wilson became available, then yeah, I'm willing to jump off the Baker the, Mayfield. No, okay, absolutely not. Baker's bad. Not only is is he a no, he's a no. That guy is bad. Like he's not better than Tua. Um, Kirk Cousins. I think he. I don't. Does he have one year left on his contract or? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, Minnesota's probably going to clean house. So I yeah. suspect Kirk Cousins is a name that might be. Available. And I've heard rumors that maybe Kirk Cousins is a place that Cleveland would go with. Uh-huh. And I, I could see it, but Kirk Cousins so inconsistent. I, I'd take Russell Wilson over Kirk Cousins. Well, no, no, no. I, of course you would take Russell Wilson <laughs> over I'm asking Kirk Cousins or Tua. It, I hate to say it as the president of the Pro Tua March. I'd at least consider it. Even though he drives me insane. He yeah, drives he me insane. He is an insane. unvaccinated quarterback. He is an unvaxxed. And don't worry, though, he's going to build a plexiglass box around himself <laughs> in the quarterback room. I'd at least consider it, but that would be easier for me to swallow than Baker Mayfield. I mean, the other name, I, I don't see Miami as an option just because I don't think he or his wife, fiance, whatever Shailene Woodley is, but... I guess Aaron Rodgers. Don't tease me like that, JMP. Don't tease me like that because it's not happening. I'm not even entertaining the idea because <laughs> it's not happening. And I truly believe now that Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. I don't see him going really? anywhere. Yeah, I think he's a Packer for life at this point. 
good a concern. Well, I think he's a Packer for life if he retires after this year. I think he's going to. How can you retire after back-to-back MVPs where you're still ripping the, the league apart? I just don't Well, see because it. you don't know. Like, you don't know what. I mean, I have no idea. Aaron Rodgers is one of the weirdest people in professional sports. <laughs> yes, so I is. have no idea what's going to cause him to retire. I think he's gone after this year. I don't think it's going to make sense. I don't think it made sense that they were trying to uh, get rid of him. But everybody that, like, knows that team says, like, the expectation despite, uh, you know, the, all the signs and all the, the drama in the offseason was that he was going to come back this year, which he did, and that after 21 they'd get rid of him and they would have Jordan Love as their starting quarterback. One the, the, the mere thought, it's hilarious. Now, Jordan Love is someone I haven't thought of since his family sat in the last row uh, when Aaron Rodgers was in COVID <laughs> protocol. Uh, but it, it, the, the only scenario in which I think Aaron Rodgers retires is if he wins the Super Bowl this year. I just don't see him hanging it up. He's playing at such a high level. He's so good. I know he thinks he's being canceled uh, and he wants everybody to know it every week with Pat McAfee. <laughs> but I also think that his right now his happy place continues to be that Packers locker room. I think he has enough support within the organization that, that, that that's become a safe haven. And as the nation, according to him, attempts to cancel him, that the Packers locker room is safe for him. And that's why I think he would come back if there's still a Super Bowl championship that eludes him. Uh, Ken Levicka joining us. Um, you also said on the show, I thought it was interesting, um, you were talking about the idea of Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. coming to the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Explain. Jim Harbaugh is someone that Stephen Ross has unequivocal adoration for. Attempted to get him when Tony Sperano was his coach a number of years ago. It didn't happen. Jim Harbaugh went to San Francisco. This is a guy that knows how to win. This is a guy that went to Michigan, and it took him longer than people thought he would be able to do this in, but he got Michigan over the hump, beat Ohio State, won a Big Ten championship. He clearly can coach. He clearly can adapt styles. He wanted Michigan to be a throw-first offense. Didn't work. Recruited offensive linemen, changed the style of how they played, won a Big Ten championship. He took Colin Kaepernick in an RPO and turned them into a team in San Francisco that was one play away from winning the Super Bowl. If Jim Harbaugh has interest in the Dolphins and Stephen Ross will have interest in him because he can't help himself, I like Brian Flores, but Brian Flores with three offensive coordinators in three years, three offensive coordinators in one year this year, which really muddled things with Tua and definitely didn't help the cause. Brian Flores will be a head coach again someday, but I've seen enough of Brian Flores to know that I don't think this is a guy that's going to lead the Dolphins to a long playoff run and go to the Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh can do that. I think you take the chance and you go get Jim Harbaugh. I mean, how fun is that? JMP, he is a laugh a minute. That's your EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. If you missed any of that, make sure to hit up the ESPN West Palm tonight podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, it's free. Same story for the Ken Levick Alive podcast. If you miss anything every day, from our two hours, well, it's right there for you. For free, wherever you get your podcast, the Ken Levick Alive podcast. And small little bite-sized pieces, segment per segment, or if you want the whole damn thing. Hour number two is on the way. Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3.